Jeez. <laughs> Finally, a sweet release. <laughs> a sweet release of death. Every time I start the podcast, I get like a little bit of time to just die and experience what death would be like. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what a podcast is. That's what it's- a podcast is. <laughs> if you've ever wondered what a podcast is, it's the minute before you start recording is just what it feels like when you die. <laughs> I'm Julia, an English major. And I'm Abby, and I'm a child of the film. Dad, dad, daddy film says no more Miyazaki movies until you finish your veggies. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't ever say the word daddy <laughs> film again, please. <laughs> that was, that was, that was <laughs> rancid. <laughs> So this is a podcast where we discuss, analyze, look at, talk about, engage with the media that we enjoy. This is the fourth week of our extended Jubali month. Um, We got two more of those coming for you. And then we're moving on from movies into whatever the next topic may be. Hopefully you're enjoying it. We are enjoying it a lot. It's very fun. I mean, this means we have to think about what the next thing is. Not for two weeks. It's fine. (laughs) So, (laughs) Abby, Mm -hmm. are you drinking anything? I am. Um, I made Five Alive, and then I put lemon juice in it, and then I put uh, raspberry or strawberry, raspberry, I don't know what it is, uh, cordial, cordial? Yes. The syrup stuff like in it. Grenadine? Grenadine, that's it. I was th- My brain went to Anna Green Gables for some reason. Raspberry um, cordial does smack. So <laughs> yeah, I had it actually when I was in PEI, and it was it was just a strawberry soda, but you know. <laughs> yeah, me and my mom have made it before, and then we took it to a Anna of Green Gables watch party night that we had oh, once. Incredible. Years and years ago. What are you drinking? No, don't say it like that. We but d- it'll sound weird out of context. <laughs> well, it is out of context because we just had to restart recording because my laptop was a piece of stop recording. Anyway, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking water because I've already had hey. a venti, a frappuccino, and a Sprite today, which is not healthy. It is okay. So that is what I'm drinking. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, we had we had a lot of funny little banter um, involved with that, but alas, mm-hmm. it is gone into the void. You'll never get to hear it. Oh, you and you have to live with that. I feel like if I had to have any kind of curse or something, it would be to just like not know anything. I would like to just not know things sometimes. Can mm-hmm. I just not have information in my head? I think that would be nice. I like to have as much so. information in my head as I can, but I like it to be stuff that doesn't matter and is dumb. That's true. Yeah, that stuff is fun, but, like, if I had to choose between having all the information in the world and none of the information in the world, I would have none of the information. Thank you. Out of all of it, I can supply you <laughs> with information that you don't have. Would that mean you, like, wouldn't remember how to, like, eat or, like, walk? Um... If that's the price I have to pay, I guess. (laughs) You've weighed the pros and cons. Yeah. Like, I feel like just having both a body and a consciousness at the same time is too much to bear. I feel Mm -hmm. like I can only have one or the other. Like, I can have a consciousness but not a body, or I can have have a body but not a consciousness. But I cannot have both. That is too much. I just hit my mic. No, thank you. (laughs) What are you consuming? Um, Well, through this whole series, I've been trying to, not always, but attempting to at some point before um, we record listening to uh, old episodes of Blank Check uh, because they do a Miyazaki series um, because the whole point of Blank Check is they 
do episodes on filmographies of directors who, like, early on in their career, uh, like, found huge success, and then after that, for the rest of their careers, everyone was just like, yeah, do whatever you want, blank check kind of thing. <laughs> so Miyazaki is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, and it's very fun listening to uh, them talk about it, because um, Griffin Newman, at the beginning of the series, hadn't seen any of them. I think he saw, like, maybe one of I don't know which one he saw, but but it's just very fun to listen to people watch these movies for the first time and like give their commentaries on it. And it's a it's a great podcast. I also do. I feel like oftentimes I'm in a very specific mindset where I just want podcasts that are like very long, yeah. and most of them are like at least two hours. Nice. So yeah. Anyway, what are you consuming? Um. Well, I can't do Criminal Minds for the third week in a row because no, you cannot. That's a cardinal offense and a federal crime yep. um so i did listen to uh frank ocean's blonde album for the first time because um i'm getting into like indie boy music and frank mm-hmm. ocean is that but he's also like good so it's like separate yeah. from just like i like blonde it's like it's i yeah. i i, I kind of went into it not knowing much about frank ocean besides that like a lot of people like him because he's a good artist, but I I didn't really realize how much of like a insanely creative and like really like awesome musician that he was. Like no, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's really great. I didn't. I don't know. I just I'd never picked him up before, and it was just um uh, when I'm at work, I have like a lot of time when I'm just listening to stuff on my headphones while I'm mindlessly making popcorn for hours and hours on end. So I like to, when I'm finding new albums, I like to just like put them on from beginning to end because when I'm listening to something for the first time, I feel like that's the way that you should do it if you have time. Because then it's like, especially with artists who take kind of like an extreme amount of pride in their creative works, it's like curated in a way where that's how you should listen to it like sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll even be like one song leads into the other and stuff like that and I don't want to like interrupt it so I was able to just uninterrupted listen to all of it and it was very very good and I enjoyed it immensely yeah I love an album with like a narrative oh me too I I think some of my favorite albums to listen to are like concept albums like Mm -hmm. they just Mm -hmm. are so much more entertaining than just albums like yeah when my one of my favorite examples is like um dear wormwood dear by, wormwood yeah by the oh hellos <laughs> like it's just it's oh and even though all those songs aren't really connected it's like they've built a narrative around the songs yeah based off of like their love of fantasy and like their love of c.s lewis the screw tape exactly. letters and just like yeah just just because it has a narrative doesn't mean it has to have a plot kind yeah, of thing <laughs> yeah 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 and i also like I like songs with, like, stories in them, like, even mm-hmm. if they don't make sense. I think some of, <laughs> some of my favorite music is, like, um, weird lyrics, stuff that, like, mm-hmm. um, Andrew Bird or, uh, uh, like, Owl City would write, where it's like, what does this mean? <laughs> I, have, I don't think I've talked about that before, but one day I will talk about my intense, deep love for Owl City. And no one can make fun of me because he's genuinely very good. He's really good. (laughs) Y'all are sleeping on Adam Young. Everyone's sleeping on Adam Young. Don't talk. His concert is also an amazing experience if you ever. Oh my gosh, it's the most fun concert I've ever been to. It was (sighs) very good. And even though we were stuck behind a couple who was making out the whole time, uh, it still vibed. So I feel like I can't get into this right now. <laughs> no, no. Anyways, but I listened to Blonde by Frank Ocean. It was very good. I would recommend it a lot. So hell yeah, we're ready to begin. This week, I have chosen to talk about the film The Secret World of Arietti, also just known as Arietti. This is, I'd say, not for any like deep meaning, but I think this is my favorite Ghibli film just because I have like such a nostalgic. Yeah, we have some uh, personal ties to this. Yes, and even beyond like our personal ties, I have like other ones too. But um, Mm -hmm. because this was the uh, the first Ghibli movie I ever saw, and it was the only one I've ever seen in theaters. Like I went with my mom and my brother, and I watched it in theaters, and it's just like 
I think it's so fun that like <laughs> we all saw it yeah, together. Didn't we didn't you, me and uh Jesse go in theaters as well? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was oh my gosh. It was two thousand and ten that it came out, so we were like mm-hmm. little nine year olds going to going to see it. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, this film has a special place in my heart. And I love watching it. And everyone else does, too, because it is rated extremely highly. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, a million people went to see it in Japan on its opening release. It has made a lot of money. And it is a very good... As most Ghibli films do. (laughs) They have a very good reputation amongst themselves. I think they could release a movie that's absolute garbage and it would still make, like, bank. Yeah, I mean, like kind of have yeah. they weren't Miyazaki movies but like um uh his son did a couple of movies and the first one was very not well received but it still took in like a lot of money obviously yeah. because it's a Ghibli movie um yeah. well uh, that was Tales of Earthsea yes. which I did see and I didn't hate it it just didn't feel like a Ghibli movie mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> but you know well uh this movie it is still like a Miyazaki movie but it is not directed by Miyazaki um, yeah. it's directed by... Yeah, this is, the first, this is the first movie we've done that's not a Miyazaki. He did co-write it, though, right? Yeah, he wrote it, and he was, like, the project manager. So he was, like, around... Yeah. He did, like, the... He did his, um, his signature finding a book and adapting it into, mm-hmm. <laughs> into a movie. So, yeah, he did do that. He adapted it from the Borrower's novels, but, um... Yeah. Which are... It's <laughs> like a borrower's movie that's just, like, about the borrowers. Heinous looking. It's just, like, <laughs> real people, but they're, like, half mouse, question mark. And it's just, like... Oh. It's very that's strange. Weird. It used to be on the free kids' movies shelf at Family Video. Mm-hmm. And I'd look at it and be like, why? Why is this a thing that exists in the world? But anyways. Yeah. So the director of this movie was um, Hiromasa Yonobavashi. And he, mm-hmm. this was his directorial debut with Ghibli. He had previously animated on Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, and Spirited Away. And he was like... Yeah, he was um, like a huge player on yeah, the team. <laughs> he was, and he was actually um, kind of like a secondary backup director for Tales of Earthsea if, like, things mm. didn't work out with... Yeah. It, so, I feel so bad for his son. <laughs> Have you seen, like, when... I think Miyazaki has been, like, pretty quiet on that movie but he was asked about it one time uh and had to give a straight up answer and he said like um i can tell it was made with a lot of heart and for that it's as good as it can be oh that's very like oh no it's like a participation award from your dad the great hayao miyazaki right there and that's the thing because like all his kids literally went into animation just because they felt like they couldn't get attention from their dad any other way Uh so it's very like oh no (laughs) that's so sad anyway and that's it like pops up in a lot of his movies especially like uh the wind rises and stuff yeah where Miyazaki's like am i a bad dad (laughs) should i should i have Paid more attention to my kids. Do I work too much? <laughs> it's like, maybe. So one cool thing that I did find while looking into this movie was um, there's actually like a lot of uh, stuff with the soundtrack because it was a Celtic soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is very yes, good. Yes, it's very good. It's, it's Celtic inspired as that was the mm-hmm. kind of... Because as with all Ghibli movies, it is set in Japan, but also with... English architecture and such yeah. throughout, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. with like the the dollhouse and stuff like that, which is very nice. Um, I want it so bad. I want it, or I want to live in it. It's so pretty. Just that whole scene where they like turn on the lights and she walks into it, and it's just like so soft and quiet and nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. That's one of my favorite things about this movie that it's just like very quiet and calm. Oh for yes, most of the this time. is a very soft movie. It is. It's just like it's a it's very much a comfort movie. That's like mm-hmm. I can go back to Arietti at any time and just be like, and now I am at peace. Mm-hmm. At last, I am content. <laughs> <laughs> a warm embrace. Yeah, anyways, so um, this uh, artist named Cecile Corbell, she had just finished her second album, which is called Songbook Volume 2, 
and she was a fan of Studio Ghibli, so she just sent one of her promo albums to them, like, just randomly, and... Uh at the time, the film was in pre-production, and the producer, uh, Toshio Suzuki, he was, like, looking for that Celtic score, so he, like, just listened to her CD randomly because it was a handwritten envelope and it caught his eye, and ten days after she sent it, he, like, responded and he was like, hey, I like your voice and the harp that you play, and I played it for some other people, and you are now doing all of the music for the film. Oh my gosh. That's such a, a your name fanfic of like film industry Isn't or like animation. Though? It's like, um, it's kind of like, like Carrie... I got adopted by the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> it's kind of like Carrie Peach, like just making fan art for the Adventure Zone. And now she like, is oh yeah, the illustrator yep, yep. for their graphic novels and is adopted by the McElroys. Oh my gosh. When they announced that it's getting an animated series. Every yeah. animator on the face of the planet is like, I need to be on this show. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that's just like, it is like a Your Name fanfiction story. Like, mm-hmm. how crazy is that? It's just like, she's like, I'm a fan of Ghibli. I'm going to send them a promo album. And then 10 days later, <laughs> the like, producer of the movie is like, you are doing the music for it now. Thank you. <laughs> that Just go for it, kids. Yeah. Just do it. If you have just, enough confidence, just, you can literally do it. anything. As someone online Which said Which is why once, I can't do anything. <laughs> yes. But, like, just have the confidence of a white man doing anything, and you'll just get so much done. They're so confident. That's true. I envy them. I envy that they can go for walks at night and not fear for their lives. I would do anything to be able to take a walk at night. Are you kidding me? I know. And even it's like, yes. well, you could go as a group. I'm like, no, I couldn't, because then we'll all die. All of us at once will yeah. die. And, like, that, like, the vibe is going for a walk at 3 a.m. on your own, just with yes. your thoughts. Yes. That's not the vibe. No. Get away from me. I don't want Rude. a buddy. I just want a vibe. Yeah. Like, I would, I would do the thing where you, like, just wear a hoodie and a mask and sunglasses and, like, the hugest sweatpants ever and just pretend to be man, but I would still be afraid. This movie was adapted into a four-volume mm-hmm. manga series, um... All four of them were released mm. in Japan. Only two of them were released in North America, which is, I don't know, strange. But I guess mm-hmm. that's maybe why I'd never heard of them before. But it was just yeah, kind of like yeah, an yeah. offshoot four-book series that I guess, if you wanted to read, it is out there. Was it It was based off the movie? Yeah. Oh, wig. I know. Interesting. It is very interesting. I mean, I've seen it before. Like, they, um, well, not exactly the same, but like with the Dark Crystal, they made like a supplementary comic series Mm. but that was more because jim henson had like a extreme like huge world built out for the dark crystal yeah and they didn't even get to scratch the surface like that movie makes no sense on its own yeah no (laughs) i've watched it a lot of times so it like it makes sense to me but um i show it to people and they are always confused because they don't know what's going on yeah and I'm yeah, like, no, 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 um... you see, I can explain, because <laughs> I know all the lore <laughs> about it, because I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I love uh, lore videos about it. Oh, me too. Those are fun. I like Odd Ones Out video. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's a very good one. I also Have you ever watched the TV show? Uh, I think I watched like the first episode. It's good. It's a really good show. Yeah, I wish I had the capacity to watch anything ever that I haven't already seen. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I genuinely don't know what's wrong with me sometimes. I know, me too. I mean, I have the capacity, but only for one thing at a time. Um, And it's the only reason I can watch it is because it's the only thing providing me happiness, joy, and the ability to do stuff. Which also isn't good. It's not good. So, The Secret World of Arietti, um, it is like a... Ghibli adaptation of the borrower's novels, as I said before. Mm-hmm. So it just follows like the teenage borrower Arietti um, and her parents and their kind of lives in this house. Um, so that's like the general gist. There is like a plot that happens, yeah. but if you haven't seen it before, you may be wondering what a borrower is. And they are like tiny mm-hmm. little people who live underneath of 
normal sized people's houses and they'll like borrow things like sugar or like bay leaves and spices and like pieces of crackers. All the little things that no one's gonna miss. Kind yes. Of thing. Yeah, so that they can have the supplies that they need. So Arietti and her parents are the last remaining borrowers that they know of. Um, there used to be more of them in their little community under uh, the house that they're living in, but they have since died because it is a harrowing existence being a tiny person in yeah. the big old world. So yeah. it's like, it's like they talk about it, but it's not even like the main focus of the movie that like, we might be an extinct species. Yeah. And it's like, huh, wig. And they're like, we do not know if there's any more of us out there. Anyways. Um, yeah. So the plot kind of starts happening when, um, show who is like this young boy, he is staying with his mm-hmm. grandmother who, or is it his great aunt? I cannot remember. Great aunt sounds right, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's his great aunt. (laughs) Anyway, she's staying with an older relative because he is getting a heart surgery for unknown heart disease. Um, Yeah. It's just like that, like... Sickness TM. Yeah, like anime (laughs) sickness. It's like, what are they dying of? Sickness. They are so weak. Ow, 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 my bones. Yeah, like the first time... Uh, he sees Arietti after she leaves. He literally, like, turns over and coughs once. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's dying of the sickness. What of will we do? the sickness? No, not the illness. It's like, um, like, uh, you're lying April. It's like, what is she dying of? Oh my I don't know. God. Sickness. <laughs> the owl. <laughs> They're not good. Her blood. Her bones. Oh no. Yeah, so he has a heart condition. Falls on the ground and there is blood. (laughs) (laughs) It's head shaking. Hospital. Um, He's just, uh, so Sho is like relaxing and getting ready for his heart surgery that he's going to have. Um, And Arietti is just starting to do her first borrowings with her dad. So she's starting to go out and she's very excited to become a borrower. And Sho sees them. Dun dun dun, which you're never supposed to do. And he really likes Arietti and he wants to like help him out and stuff. But he's oh interested no. in the tiny people. He's interested, <laughs> but oh no, there's Haru, the housekeeper, who wants to kill them, I guess. Okay. Or trap them? Freaking she kind of bothers me as a character, yeah. mostly just because like you can tell that this is absolutely not a Miyazaki film because she defies the no real villains rule because mm-hmm. she literally just is out to get them for no reason like they kind of say like oh it's because she wants to prove she's not crazy but they never really set up that kind of conflict in the first place like mm-hmm. you would think if that's her goal you would have some kind of scene like of her his great aunt or someone like making fun of her for believing the little people, but they never set up anything like that. She's literally just mad and pressed for no reason. I know, like, and it kind of upsets me. His mom's like uh, dad or whatever, like someone who was living in the house before, like literally made a dollhouse for the little people. Like, yeah, like people... no one doesn't believe you. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is you're just crazy. Like, <laughs> we're all on your side. <laughs> We are on your side on the issue. I I don't know. Yeah, it kind of... I feel like it does kind of fall into, like, the cliches a little bit with that, which is, like... Yeah, and it just stresses me out because, like, most Ghibli movies, aside from a few, are, like, really calming to watch. And this movie would absolutely be that. It's, like, a very calming and soft, as we've talked about, like, movie. Mm -hmm. But this one character (laughs) just throws that all to the wind and made me so stressed out. Yeah. I know, like, I feel like there could have been a more effective conflict to happen. Like, they could have explored, like, we are the last of our species a little bit more. Because, like, um... Spud Spiller, like that other borrower yeah. comes in or whatever. Funky but like, little man. Yeah, he's a cool little dude. <laughs> but I don't know. They just never really. I don't know. But uh, the the director for this movie, I forget his name. Hiromasa Yone Bayashi. Yeah, he also did. Um, later on, he did when Marnie was there, mm. which is another Ghibli movie that definitely went under the radar. Weird movie. Um, and was kind of weird. But I think they're also both movies that are about like. Just people trying to find their place in society, mm-hmm. in a society that isn't really made for them kind of thing. Yeah. Which I think this movie sets up a lot of that. Um, and then, I don't know, I just think it doesn't do as much of a good job of saying those things. Yeah. Like, they set it up, and then they're kind of like, and then they escape, 
so therefore it's okay. <laughs> also, then at the end, there's that line uh, where, uh, what's his name? Is his name Shiro? Shiro? What's his name? Show? Show. I don't know why my brain said Shiro. Voltron. Voltron. <laughs> Voltron brain disease. Uh, yeah, he like has a very, um, I don't know how to describe it, like a bit too on the nose line where he's like, you've given me the courage to live. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, anyway. It's like I, I guess happen- that was the finale line. Yeah, it's like, I happen to know someone with a heart condition and she was okay yeah. so <laughs> okay this is a question about heart conditions yeah is it a thing that when you have a heart condition you're not allowed to have too much excitement is that a thing um do you, i could see if sydney's awake i could text her please do because like they have the <laughs> ridiculous crow scene or whatever where he gets like has to deal with this wild crow in his like window screen <laughs> and his aunt's like how dare you you could have killed him <laughs> to the housekeeper i'm like what is, what is happening okay i don't understand like i get not doing too much like exercise or something yeah. like not doing things where you have to like run or anything like that but just like like are you not allowed to watch exciting movies i don't know okay she's not awake but (laughs) anyway (laughs) i can get you that answer tomorrow so there were two english dubs made of this movie which is there were um so i think the biggest i don't understand how they chose the one to put on netflix um they chose it because it was tom holland and they're like yeah who also it is (laughs) who saoirse ronan oh right wig i guess that's true yeah so yeah in the in the british dub it is because they did a separate one for the uk it's tom holland plays show and saoirse ronan plays arietti in the american dub which is the one that we watched in theaters and the one that i mm-hmm. watched every other time i watched it was bridget mendler yes. as arietti and david henry yeah. as show and i like tom holland better as show because david henry fully was just like wow that's a man that is a man's yeah, voice. Yeah, that's true. A grown person. And Tom Holland was like 13, so he sounded like a boy. <laughs> yeah, I I think I did like Bridget Mendler a lot more. Yeah, I like Bridget Mendler. I think. She I don't was know. so excited. I feel like she just. She seemed just like a cool girl. Yeah. Which was fun. Whereas in the UK one, it was. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just because I'm not used to the accent, it seemed just more like. Like, hopeful girl who... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like... Um, but, um, uh, I liked um, Amy Poehler as um, uh, Homily, Oh, yeah, her too. mom. Yeah, Homily. I mean, I also like uh, Olivia Coleman. She did very good as Homily as well. But I just prefer... Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. And Amy Poehler, I, I liked her, uh, her flavor she added to it. But yes. It, in some spots, it seemed a little bit out of a place just because every other voice actor was doing such a, a soft, thoughtful tone. And yes. she was just like, ah, as she does. Mm-hmm. I felt no but. difference between um, the dad pod in either version. It is both just like slightly distant. Gruff man. Gruff father. <laughs> it's funny that it was yeah. Will Arnett, though. He's just like in so mm-hmm. much stuff. Like, I never realize yeah. how much voice acting he does until like I'm like, wow. That was also Will Arnett, huh? That's cool. (laughs) He's all of them, huh? My favorite role of his is as Lego Batman. My favorite Batman. Ugh. Why is that movie so good? I don't... It has literally no right to be as good as it was. I don't understand why it's so good. Like, it's my favorite Batman movie. (laughs) Exactly. Like, who who told you you could do that? It was good. Excuse me? And, like, the romance between the Joker and Batman, like... Like, is it is it literally just solely for the fact that it is the one singular Batman movie that doesn't take itself over the top extremely too seriously? Is that just it? They just let him be crazy, and I enjoyed it exactly. so much. Just let him like, go Like, they don't feral. treat him with this weird reverence that every other weird Batman director does. I'm like, just, just let him be a goofy, brooding man <laughs> that sometime is too overdramatic. For his own stupid ass. Yes. Anyway. And Michael Sarah as Robin was also very good. Yeah. <sighs> I liked seeing Dick Grayson also be literally the opposite of Sirius. That was also very <laughs> fun. I, however, my favorite Dick Grayson will always be Young Justice. 
special place mm. in my heart for Young Justice. Yeah, so <laughs> the plot of this movie is just kind of like them, A, going about their lives, B, um, show discovering them and becoming friends with Arietti and like, love question mark? I don't know. It's ambiguous yeah. in that sense. I don't know how that but would then work. Also, she is so um, tiny. What's his face? Shrub? What's his name? Oh, uh, Spud Skewer, I think. Spud. Spud, Shrub, whatever. He also has a crush on her. Yes. It's implied. Yes. So, who, who's the real love interest? Who's the real love interest? The big-sized boy or the little-sized boy? <laughs> There's two to choose from. Um, I love his little flying squirrel cape thing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> very good. It's so good. It is very good. And also the sea is avoiding... The sea of the plot is avoiding getting killed by Haru. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I think this movie is more, for me, just about, like, the atmosphere of it. More yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plot is... A, that was our takeaway as kids. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, a kid's movie. But also, it is yeah. the blueprint for my cottagecore type of existence. Mm -hmm. It was the blueprint. We used to... This is our extra connection to... Here we go. Arietti. So when we were younger in elementary school, because me and Abby have been best friends since, like, we met, basically, when mm -hmm. we were in elementary school, um, uh, we would play games at recess. And one of the games that we often played at recess was Borrowers because of Arietti. So we had, like, yeah. two squares in the back of the parking lot that were, like, the holy we, grail. Okay, okay, wait. We can't just say parking lot. Oh, yeah. We went to a <laughs> private Christian school, which meant that our school was in a church, which also meant that we didn't have a playground. We had a parking lot. Yes. With a and tiny little a cart full of toys, of like bouncy balls and skipping ropes. And, and that hula was hoops it. and stuff. Yeah, but it, was, it was not bougie. I promise you that. No, it was not a fancy Christian private school. It was. No. It was just it was so small. An old church and with a very, also a school. Yes. It was <laughs> it was an experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so us and our other best friend at the time, uh, Jesse, we would always mm. claim these two like prime real estate spots. It was like mm -hmm. the 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 parking spots lined up in a way that the two back corners of the lot were like big squares instead of like the yeah. regular skinny parking spaces. So we would claim those two as our houses and we would pretend that there were like zip lines between them and stuff and we had oh, these the like lines. bushes on the side of the parking lot that were like our herb gardens and we'd like yeah. we spent months like months yeah. every I think recess. we played that game longer than we played any other oh group. my goodness because like, was... we were we were playing pretend games far longer than I think anyone else our age was yeah, <laughs> um. yeah. I think longer than <laughs> but, like socially acceptable for yeah most but that's because we had bigger brain cells so. yeah we're actually smarter and better than everyone else in the world so yeah. Maybe you should have played... We didn't play played... Foursquare with everyone else. Yeah, maybe you should have played Pretend Games at Recess instead of playing Foursquare, huh? Maybe yeah. you should have... You have you've never... You haven't felt alive until you've played Pretend Zipline, because that was the most exhilarating experience I've ever had. Yes. <laughs> and, and other people would, like, try and join us, too. But they never had, like, yeah. the weird active imaginations that we had. They didn't have the soul. No. They weren't invested I don't, like we were. <laughs> like, I, do, I don't understand how we kept these plot lines up for as long... Like, where did that go? Where did that energy go? The motivation, the drive? Like, we remembered every detail. Like, we would bring up things from, like, past recesses or whatever yeah. that we played. Like, we kept the plot. I know. How does that happen? I don't know. And we'd like I'm so there were so many I'm things devastated now. <laughs> yeah. Like what happened to us? We used to be so carefree and had such a great time. I'm having a moment. <laughs> I need a I need a minute actually, hold on. It was fun though. Like I can still it remember was. some of the stuff now. Like you had a pet ladybug. I know you had mm -hmm. that. I know 
Oh my gosh. We each had like our own rooms. And we always like... We also each had a role. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you were always the one who would go out and do stuff. And I would like stay and Mm -hmm. tend the house. Which is our role when we played any games, I think. Yeah. And then Jesse was like, I'm going to fight things. Yeah. We were like, hell (laughs) yeah. Like, what? The cockroaches? Fight. (laughs) Fight cockroaches, baby. But like every time we played a game, we always had like our our little roles that we fit into every yeah. time. And I think, <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing, but I know like every time we'd play a game, I'd always be like, and I'm the hacker. I am. Oh gonna, my gosh. I'm yeah. like the spy. Yeah. I'm like the hacker. I'm, I'm not like other girls. I'm so cool. Yeah. I need a minute. <laughs> but like, do you remember when other people would be like, your game looks so fun. Do you want to come play? Like, can we play with you? And we'd be like, yeah, sure. And then they'd like try and they just like weren't vibing Then they would it. try to put together some weird side romance plot or some weird fake drama. And we were like, absolutely not. This is not your scene. I think you're not cut out for this line of work, actually. <laughs> It's because we are always on the exact same wavelength, like at yeah. all times, I think. If at not, any moment. If, if not exact, then extraordinarily complimentary. But um, yeah. we just like find a, a, another person sometimes and adopt them because we're like, come in, stranger, yeah. come in from the cold. You may join us in our home. <laughs> we're like a we're like a pit stop on a hero's journey. <laughs> like we take them in, we give them a new perspective on life, and then they go out into the world and continue their lives. Wait, why and sometimes are we it turns like, out good, and sometimes it turns out bad. Why are we like really cool NPCs? <laughs> I love the that ones that so like much maybe are us. dating, but the the um, network can't say that they are, so yes. they're just kind of really good friends. Yes. Oh my goodness! I we finally discovered the our good role. Friends. Wow, it feels so good I'm to have a place in here. the world. I'm so glad we did this. <laughs> we were never Simon Frodo. We were Marion Pippin the whole time. <laughs> we were actually just Tom Bombadil. Her room, though. Her room. I have ever since I first laid eyes on that room. I have forever been trying to emulate it. For like, when this movie came out, 2010. Yeah. For the past 10 years, I've been trying to emulate that room. All I want is for I'll my room never to get be there. just so full of things. Oh, please. Giant leaves. That's all I want. Like, I literally have, like, ivy hanging from yeah. my freaking ceiling. And I have, like, a copper pan. I have dried flowers now. It's, like, kind of... I think that's what makes it such a cottagecore movie, because it's, like, edging on, like, witch-ish. Yeah. Like, all the herbs and things. <laughs> but I guess cottagecore and witch witchiness has always been intertwined yeah i think that's especially because like paganism and wicca and stuff like that is very like in tune with nature and they use a lot of Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff also um when i went into uh the shiny company today to buy my healing crystal they did in fact have white sage which is oh no not great uh the cultural appropriation of it all in fact yeah like hey good sir that is not for you that's not actually everything else is for you this one thing they literally had a sign that was like used in native american smudging and i'm like yeah that's what it is used for you should stop using it (laughs) yeah oof just use regular sage like yeah it does the same thing there's it It is the the same thing I feel nauseous suddenly. Oof. It's fine. Anyway. Maybe you need to be cleansed. Your aura needs to be fixed. There's yeah, this, this dude aura on is bad. There's this dude on TikTok. He's so sweet. I follow him. And he has some videos where he'll just be like, I felt I needed to do this, so I'm going to give you like a smudging. And he'll just like do a smudging because he's Native American. He's very nice. Mm. And they always make me feel so calm and at peace. Do you remember that one mm. time at White Pine where they did like a smudging um yeah for opening i loved that i think that i did so that more nice. than once yeah oh wait the one year you went there so no. they did it that time too nice <laughs> and then a lady passed out i heard she did and i literally blinked for a second and i just saw papers flying in the air so i didn't see like kind of like the build-up yeah. to her like i saw her kind of like waving but i didn't see her actually mm go for it i just saw papers in the air and then she was on the ground oh, and i was no. like huh anyway 
if I was ever going to pass out, I would like it to be in front of a bunch of people. I think that would just add a bunch of drama to the situation. For, I just for live the, for drama. The drama of it all. I live do. for the drama of it all. Yeah. The gagarunia. For, for like the drama of life, not for like the the interpersonal drama. Yes, I, I don't guess. care about office gossip. Like I literally couldn't care less. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. But like, I, I don't want to know who cheated on who. I do, however, want to know uh, when the next full moon is and how many of us will be meeting at the Witch's Coven yes. to uh, worship Artemis. Um, I don't want to know about your messy divorce, but I do want to know about your husband's mysterious disappearance. Exactly. <laughs> and I will be wearing my satin robe with the fur, the fur laces. I also just like fan fiction tropes are just like living in my head rent free 24-7. Yeah. I've been reading so much Criminal Minds fan fiction. So much of it. I've read every good Hurt Comfort one on AO3. Did Sophia actually say she's going to watch it? Yes. She's very excited too. She loves shows like that. Like, me and her both like those kind of crime shows. So. Mm-hmm. Eden says she showed you an episode of uh, her show. And Peaky you kind of liked it. It's, it's good. I like it. it. Um, she wanted to show it to me, though. But I'm like, Eden, at this point, if I'm going to watch it, I'm not going to watch it with you. Because you're going to pause it 800 times to tell me things about it. And yeah. I'd like to just get through the show. She's like, that is understandable. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just, I, I'm very jealous because she likes a show that's actually good. Mm. Criminal Minds isn't good. None of those shows are good. And I understand this. And I know this in my heart and in my mind and in my soul. But the thing is, I like a lot of bad things. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It makes me happy. I don't care if it's bad. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like. Other than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I don't want to watch any kind of cop show ever again. <laughs> no, sometimes they're just, like, so pro-cop it makes me, like, nauseous. But, um, mm. like, oh my gosh, they try and get you to, like, sympathize with so many cop characters. And it, like, hurts me physically that Matthew Gray Googler is a cop supporter. But I'm, like, after being Die. on Criminal Minds for, like, 12 years... It is understandable why you would have that view. And it's not like he's just pro-cop. He's just like, I'm thankful for first responders because they're heroes. So it's not like, down with ACAB, it's like, thanks for first responders. And I'm like, well, ACAB. Anyways. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of my issue with like um, people who... When we are, whenever you talk about abolish or defund the police or whatever, mm-hmm. they're like, but who are you gonna call when there's like a murderer in your house or like someone steals something from your house or something? It's like most of the time, like it is very rare, rare that a cop actually prevents or stops something from happening. Usually, yeah. they're just who you call after the fact, um, because like it's been obviously proven that in the moments they're pretty ineffectual, but like they're who you call like okay like come in and like look at stuff and find out what's stolen write something on your notepad and then do nothing about it yeah like they're not (laughs) they're not really these like superhero people that they want you to think they are (laughs) like they're just the paperwork people mostly and causing issues on purpose people as well yeah so i mean yeah I do respect um, detectives, though, especially, like, people... Exactly! And that's what we need to do. We need to have more separate, specialized things for these different scenarios that they're talking about. Like, there can't just be one frickin' occupation that does all of these things, because even if they did have the training, which most of the time they don't, they can't do all those things. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like, with all the shows like that, it's like on SVU it's like they're specifically trained in the special victims unit of yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. law and order like on criminal minds they're specifically trained to be FBI profilers in the behavioral analysis unit which is a real thing that exists in the FBI yeah, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. bones they work at the Jeffersonian Institute like specifically like it's just like 
they all focus on a very specific sect of law enforcement, and it's one that is yeah. effective like at their the, jobs because they're the people they have who actually the help, but they're not cops. Kind yeah, of thing. it's like when I watch um forensic files, it's like those detectives who are on the cases of like murder and like sexual assault and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they have the training and they care so much about the cases that they're working on, and it's like. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for people like that, but I don't have respect for uniformed officers. Yeah, or like beat people cops. like to put them in the same box. Like these people aren't the people sitting in their cars waiting for someone to drive by ten meters over the speed yeah. limit or whatever. Like, come on, we're not trying to meet a quota for a number of people arrested this month. Like, I know. Like, come oh on. And then they'll be like, oh, I haven't met my quota. Let's go into a neighborhood of black and Latino people mm-hmm. and arrest them for loitering or looking suspicious or something. Wait, Suspicion of possession of something. This has gone... Anyways, back to the soft, good movie. <laughs> yes. Wildly off topic. Arietti says a cab. She does. I'm sure. I'm sure she does. I like the cat in this movie. I do also like the cat. <laughs> With, like, the gray spots. I don't know why. It's just, like, a chubby little guy. And I think uh, it, like, helps them in the end somehow. Yeah, he helps them escape to the river. I like a good cat. I also like a good cat. I love a good Ghibli animal. They're always very pleasant. I also like the the pill bug uh, that, like, crawls up on her lap. And she just, like, holds, like, a little ball and, like, throws it up in the air. I was like... I want that. <laughs> Me too. I want a giant pill bug. It's like um uh whenever someone is like and now I'm introducing a giant tardigrade into the mix. I'm like thank <laughs> you for your big water bear. I love them. Indestructible extremophiles. I love I love just big big guys. Big like, guys. Like Appa. Yes. I love Appa. I love Appa. Yes, so this will just be a little bit of a shorter one. This movie doesn't have, like, a ton of deep content. It's just a very fun movie for kids, and it's a little bit of a departure from the classic Ghibli method because it is not yeah. Miyazaki's not a Miyazaki <laughs> film. It's not his project. So he just kind yeah. of was like, I will do a book-to-movie adaptation for you, good sir. So Yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot of... Um, I was trying to, like, search for some kind of thesis or a theme while I was watching mm-hmm. it, and... Like, I'm sure it has one, but it's not as, I don't know, prominent, immediate, or powerful, Yeah, yeah I guess. But. Yeah, it's just a very pretty, very fun. Um, watch it with the family. It's easy to digest. Yeah. Very good for Western audiences. Yeah. It's just a good oh, movie. Oh, I did want to say... Oh, yes. Um, I think they do a really good job, uh, and this is something that uh, they also dealed with in things like Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's literally a movie all set in one house, just, like, a house. Yeah. They do a really good job of making it seem like such a huge, big world. Yeah. Um, like, like this side of the room is completely different from this side of the room. Like, it's a whole different setting and scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, the, the front yard is completely different from the roof that can see into the front yard. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think they do a really good job at just, like, fleshing out the space kind of thing because like i think it would be really easy to just kind of have just one or two um settings and kind of reuse them but like i they're constantly i don't know reusing ideas in different spaces um but like it feels different because of the perspectives they put on it like when they first walk into the kitchen it feels so huge even though it's literally just a kitchen yeah like they make it feel like a cavern (laughs) And it's incredible. It's and I like, think they did a really good job on that. What <laughs> it lacks in emotional complexity, it makes up for in like atmospheric storytelling, and just exactly. like the <laughs> beauty of the visuals. I think they carry the film for the most part. Yeah, and they're supposed to. And also, like, yeah, and I think that kind of thing. I don't know how to describe this, but I feel like a lot of different fandoms or just followings of certain media when they have a lot of their own content and art that develops based off of it a lot of times it's because they didn't so much flesh out their characters or um kind of the arcs like it wasn't a hundred percent satisfying but they did a really really good job of world building Mm -hmm. um 
so that makes it feel so real and then you as a person after watching it want to fill in those gaps and i think that's probably part of the reason why we were so attached to it as kids and like wanted to play yeah. uh in this space like literally we were like okay we want to be in this world now mm-hmm. um because it didn't feel like the characters in the world were 100 percent attached and intertwined it was kind of just like separate things we were, were getting like, okay like a now let's place ourselves in that be. world yeah exactly like there's so many things that kind of because it's only so long of a movie mm-hmm. like they show a lot of things but it just presents itself with so many new ideas and concepts that you can get into of like what is it like to be a tiny human person <laughs> we were about to end and then we were I was about like to hey end. no but it's just like the threat of ending is just what brings out the best ideas you know well yeah. thank you for joining us for another mumble hour this one might be less i will see in editing how long this episode is um but i hope you enjoyed your time with us um make sure to rate and review us on itunes or apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now um uh check us out on twitter at mumble podcast um as always Links to everything we talked about will be in the episode descriptione. Um, yeah, I don't really have any announcements other than that. So Yeah. Uh, our theme song is In Full Color by Louis Zong. And it's on the Here album. Um, and there's a bunch of bangers on that album. Um, mm-hmm. I think... I believe that one also has some vocal songs as well which is yes. very fun and funky I love and his vocal songs so much they're some of my yes. favorite things if I can shout out um, uh, Thumbnail and Celebrity those oh. are two very good ones Brian David Gilbert yes my mom hates that <laughs> song thumbnail. because she thinks he's flat but I am like <sighs> it is on purpose and she doesn't like it anyways so <laughs> I like didn't Brian David Gilbert come out with like an actual album I recently think so he did some music i haven't actually listened to it yet but i have been meaning to mm-hmm. he's, he's a like cool please dude. don't make fun of me i know i do goofy things but this is like a real thing i'm actually proud of i <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that man anyway anyways yeah check out louis Bandcamp and twitter and youtube yeah anyway. yes <laughs> um well i hope you're having a great day or night or whatever passage of time you choose to be having or existing in um Mm -hmm. stay safe stay fresh stay squeaky clean um make sure to wash behind your ears um goodbye was booted off the call. I feel her Wi-Fi was Julia, I didn't out. want it to end this way. This is nice. I this didn't want fun. it to end this way. I love our setup. <laughs>